Listening to series finale, the only podcast where three comedians watch and discuss the final episode of a TV show that they have never even seen. I'm John Paul. I'm Zach. And I'm Jack. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Yeah. If you like this podcast, maybe you want a little more of it. You can get more of it. Check out series finale. I'm sorry. Check out patreon.com slash series finale, where you get a new Patreon episode every single, single Thursday. Week, dog. That's right. And if you're in jail right now and you're from my hometown, <laughs> why don't you turn on the podcast? Oh. Give it a listen. Give us five stars. You got at least... A hundred hours worth of content, and you've got plenty of time in that shitty area of the world. We don't know what's going to happen with that case. That case, it could turn out that person is completely innocent. I actually know a couple kids who've been arrested from my hometown recently, and I hope they're listeners to the pod. But sometimes <laughs> innocent men go to jail. It happened to Orenthal James Simpson. It could happen <laughs> to anybody, okay? <laughs> One minute you're on top of the world. There's a little misunderstanding about memorabilia at a casino with some guns. Next thing you know, you're in the clink for nine years. That is crazy. <laughs> Nine years is a long time. And uh, thank God, you know, if he is still in prison, at least I could get that Twitter handle, you know? <laughs> Do you think Cosby will get out before he dies? No. no. How long is he in there for? He's, over, he's over 80. He's very fat. He, you know, could be a hypertension situation. No, I don't think so. I think that being sounds fat, racist. Being, fat's gonna, being uh, a fat black rapist is going to help him in prison. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to cut this out. <laughs> I, I, do you think, though, that he'll die before the end of uh, his prison sentence? No, I think he's going to be fine. I do. I don't think Bill Cosby's going to live forever. <laughs> Let's hope. All right, we watched uh, Marco Polo, a classic show. I wouldn't call it a classic at Actually, all. not at all a classic. It's about Marco Polo, Italian explorer who goes to the Orient. I'm actually reading a book called In the Land of Serpents and Pearls, by Marco Polo. I got a Salvation Army in Union Square. Do you Marco wanna... Polo wrote the book? Yeah, Marco Polo came back and wrote a book, and he appears to have made up much of it. Yeah. Like, he was describing customs of areas he may not have been to. That sounds good. He was mostly in India, is my understanding. But in Marco rolled through where the Uyghurs are. Oh, he really? He rolled through Uyghur country. Really? Damn. So yeah, you he's... know this can't go on TikTok. President Xi is totally <laughs> censoring it. Explain the TikTok situation again. We had a clip where we mentioned a Chinese Ugandan train <laughs> because China is investing in infrastructure all throughout Africa. Right. Okay, so that was true. And then we used that to also address the Uyghur genocide. By me saying that they're building the train to run over Uyghurs. Yes. <laughs> At which point I thought that clip was funny. I put it on TikTok, which is a Chinese-owned short video social clip. media website that caters to children <laughs> and police officers singing lip sync karaoke. <laughs> That video was removed for violating community standards. Yeah. So we, like similar NBA executives, are on the front line of speaking out against Chinese action. Hell yeah. So go us. Yeah. 
Put your money where your mouth is. Take a stand for the Uyghur people. LeBron James has got a new Space Jam movie coming out, so he doesn't want to offend Chinese sensibilities. We don't care, but we're all in Space Jam. We all have big parts in Space Jam, but we don't care. <laughs> yes. I'm pl- I play uh, fucking Daffy Duck or something. Yeah, shit. I'm donating every one of my checks from Space Jam directly to the Uyghur people. Wait, yeah. speaking of like Space Jam in China, and then that is going in my brain to like all, an all Chinese reboot of Space Jam. Space Jam. <laughs> and we talk about, there was been a lot of movies that were given an all women's reboot. Right. Uh, Ghostbusters, Ocean's All 11. race reboots. Why are they done getting that? Super nervous! You're going to ask me to name several Chinese actors, and I'm going to be able to <laughs> death name at none. a funeral. Death at a funeral had a white and a black version, like within one year of each other. Right. I remember seeing that on Netflix. I didn't well, no, they it. had like a British and a black version. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's so more. European is different. I would like. It would be interesting to do like an uh, like a, a reboot racially, kind of in a way. You know. So like Soul Plane with all white people. Yeah, we probably shouldn't move in that direction, but we could, you know. Uh, oh, the movie with Ashton Kutcher, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, is a remake of the Sidney Portier right. movie. Where yeah. it's a flip. But I would love... Guess Who's Coming at Dinner. Nice. Why you what, about, what about a movie about a white barbershop? Yeah. What about... <laughs> Supercuts. Hell yeah, dude. What about The Departed, but everybody's Chinese? Well, actually, their part is a remake of a Hong Kong movie. Yeah, it's based on Infernal Affairs, which is a Chinese film. Manchester by the Sea, but everyone's Chinese. Okay, so Beijing by the Sea, right? I don't think... I think Beijing is a major (laughs) metropolis. Manchester by the Sea is, by definition, such a small town that people were confusing with Manchester, New Hampshire, which is also a smallish city. So they had to call it Manchester. So, like, what's the name of a small town in China? Maybe Guangzhou. So Guangzhou by the Sea. How about Manchester (laughs) by the Sea word? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that one could go anywhere. Uh... So, no, I think this is a good idea, though. But I can't think of a single movie, actually. What about, like, Spanish or, like, um, Central American? I mean, I have have maintained that the the mafia genre does not have to be dead, and it is so ripe for a remake involving Dominican gangs, because you know how so much of the mob movies happen in, like, restaurants and other parts of the Italian subculture that are on the up and up? Mm -hmm. Instead of the restaurant being the gathering place, you could have some of this stuff going through barbershops. Instead of, like, gambling, a lot of it's, like, moving heroin, but the people aren't necessarily doing heroin, but I think it would be fascinating. You've got the whole speaking Spanish situation, you know, versus the speaking... It would be great. Los God Papi. <laughs> That's pretty good. The God Poppy movies. <laughs> God Poppy one. Do you think Joselito could star? <laughs> Joselito in Los in Los God Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to see in God Poppy if we're gonna make it now? Who's De Niro for God Poppy? De, um, I don't know that many Dominicans. Well, they don't need to oh, be Dominican. Oh, Pitbull. Number okay, one. Okay, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> he's the capo. Yes, he's of the course. boss. The dog. Um, uh, Sean Kingston. J- he's Jamaican, but that would be good. <laughs> cool. Sean Kingston, uh, Mr. Worldwide. And, um, Gabriel Glacius. Dude, Fluffy would definitely be in it in a Maniscalco type part. Yeah. Oh. Fluffy, he couldn't be a lead, but he could be in it. Yeah. Fluffy well, wants to be a lead. He's in that Netflix show about being a teacher. <laughs> it's called... Los teacher poppy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think this is a great idea that you should write it. I know. I don't have the knowledge. You need to have the knowledge of the culture and the, the proper slang. Dude, you can just guess about other cultures. That's why you're white. <laughs> 
No, you're 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 being facetious, but you are correct. You can just write whatever you want, and if it's good enough, nobody cares. Yeah, like the Cleveland show, huge hit in Black America, voiced by a white guy. Really? Yeah. Well, the voiced by a white guy, huge hit in Black America, probably not, but uh, <laughs> but it is true. I mean, we know we know about black culture. We, we watched the PJs growing up. What yeah. are the PJs? The, oh, the PJs <laughs> is a claymation show that Eddie Murphy wrote. That was pretty hilarious. That used to be on after The Simpsons. It was great. Love the PJs. It was better than the Cosby's. That one was less interesting. You mean the Cosby show? No, the Cosby claymation show oh. that showed you how to rape. <laughs> oh. Should we pause? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, all right. So what show did we're talking about? Genghis Khan or Marco, Marco Polo. Polo? What we're talking about is w- one of the biggest flops in Netflix's history. Really? This show, I don't know if you guys can tell, it cost a shit ton of money to make. Yeah, because they it was incredibly like, expensive. It seemed like John it was, Paul, can I, can I confront you on something? I once, deep in the past of this episode, in this show, referred to something being a flop. Oh. You said, this is not a flop. It had, <laughs> it had two seasons. Oh. Yeah. Two seasons is successful. Yes. 60% of shows don't even make it through the first season. Ooh. Ooh, you know what? You do do that a lot. Whenever we say this show yeah. stunk, this if show was a two flop, seasons, you go, bah! You go ballistic. It is a huge deal that the you know show what? was ever made. I will... <laughs> I will amend my previous statement. Amend. This make amends make to amend. us. <laughs> Your disease is outside the parking if lot. You, if you call me out one more time, it's bullying, okay? <laughs> That's if right. There's two, if there's two instances of harassment, it's right. bullying. <laughs> this show lost Netflix a lot of money, is what I would say. Would you say that relates to Harvey Weinstein having to pay $26 million <laughs> to his accusers? <laughs> oh. $26 million bucks. You think that's fair? That seems like a pretty good payout. It seems a For little just low. Your pussy it seems like in. The, uh, no, dude, he was a monster, <laughs> man. He probably probably ended some people's ambition, not only for acting but for life. Right? No, he was a bad man, and he's still alive. I have kind of a funny Weinstein story in a way. Oh, so, right, let's hear it. So I, I had so no, you guys are hanging out before this <laughs> happened. I didn't know who Harvey Weinstein is. Obviously, he's I didn't a, know who he was. He's either. a movie Me producer. Too, dude. Well, I know I know who he was because we used to. I mean, I'm pretty big in with the big Hollywood types. I used to live in the West. Coast. So there were people who always like re- there are there's a certain class of people, and you do meet them in comedy, but you also meet them in college who are obsessed with celebrity. If a celebrity's around, they want to take a photo, they want to hang out, they want to say that they were hanging, opening for them, whatever. And so this kid that I did improv with. He was like interning at a theater and Harvey Weinstein donated money there. And one night he came for dinner and like bought everyone drinks. And for like the next year, he talked about how Harvey Weinstein, he was hanging out with Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein came. It was so cool. He's buying all these drinks. And I'm like, who is Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> He's a movie producer. Who cares? You know, yeah, yeah. I enjoy like my grandfather more than I enjoy Harvey Weinstein. And then it turns out he was a huge rapist. So I knew about Harvey the whole time. And I always <laughs> said, not cool. <laughs> no. But I'll never forget that guy who fawned over Harvey Weinstein. He must have been so disappointed that his like one party story was gone. Yeah, that you can't t- or maybe it goes up in value. Yeah. Right, right. Because yeah, yeah. you could be like, hey, I met him, pretty nice guy. Or you could be like, I met him and I knew all the time. I could yeah. tell. Yeah. I could or you tell. could be like I called him out on his bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Thanks for the drink, Harvey. Now stop raping. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the, I mean, do you know the deal? Does he not have criminal charges filed? Oh, and for the listeners, the reasons that we are bringing this up is 
that in the beginning of this show, just everywhere, it goes Harvey Weinstein and company, <laughs> produced by Weinstein. Yeah. And again, Harvey Weinstein is such a freak and a maniac that he thinks we care who he is. Right. Well, I mean... He was. He did produce a lot of very successful movies and TV shows. Admit so it, I can though. See you had no clue who he was before the situation. Like, no one ever called you up and said, John Paul, did you see this show? Weinstein produced it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had heard of Harvey Weinstein. I had not. Well, that's because you're a blue-collar guy from Boston, and he put on Goodwill <laughs> Hunting Guy, and yeah. so that's a tough one for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And Weinstein... And I admired everything he did. He also... <laughs> everything. He also, like... You know, this show has good representation. This show has all Asian actors. Interesting representation. It's all Mongolians. They're definitely not ethnically Mongol. It has many different Asians. Many different Asians, you know? So that was good. You know, Weinstein put a lot of Asians at work. That's good. <laughs> Are you calling Harvey Weinstein a hero? hero for the Asian I'm American just doing saying it? that, what's that word uh, about, um, you know, racism's, you know, like, it's a, it's tough, you know. Oh, intersectionality. It's, there's intersectionality between the Me Too movement yeah. and the Asian <laughs> activists out there. Um, is that wrong? I mean, it's certainly a take that I've never <laughs> I mean, heard. Before. I'm walking off the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I, I thought it, the show had a, uh, the show had the most Asian actors I've ever seen on a screen, ever. I would say I, I saw, yeah, yeah. I would say I, I mean, uh, I mean, not, you saw Slumdog Millionaire, but do you count that? India is a part of Asia. Yeah, but I don't really. I mean, if for my, I would say no because when I, I have a special version of Pearl Harbor that I cut all the American <laughs> stuff out of. So <laughs> letters from Iwo Jima. A lot of white people in that. Yeah, there's not a lot of white people in this show. There's only one. Marco. Polo. He's Italian, <laughs> not white. Right. Right. Gross. <laughs> Dude, have you ever like traveled the world? You know, in any sort of way. Oh, like have I like ever- Marco Polo is like this famous world traveler. I, I was a world traveler, actually. I got involved with Alexander de Tocqueville. Now, I was initially set up to go on an expedition with Vasco da Gama, Portuguese American, who first sailed around the tip of that the the Cape of Good Horn, of Good Hope in nice. Africa. But I was unable to go because Vasco kept bringing up other Portuguese-American, Kevin Spacey, and I didn't feel comfortable with the connection. <laughs> so I jumped in the time machine and went with Alexis de Tocqueville, French diplomat who was traveling around America writing his book, Democracy in America, to talk about America. He was very upset about slavery, and I was too, so we got really upset about that, and we hung out with Harriet Tubman. We both came away from our meeting, decided there needed to be a movie about her, and Scarlett Johansson would probably be a good thing. <laughs> Eventually, he said he was impressed with America. He said all Americans can make a living and become rich. I said, you know what, Alexis? I'm actually from the future, and that might not be true, but I'll take you somewhere where we can find out. And I got in a time machine, and we went to a taping of Maury. Ah. However, there was a backstage mishap. Seeing Alexis de Tocqueville's French colonial garb, a producer thought he was there as a guest. He immediately put Alexis de Tocqueville up on stage where Alexis took the, sh- the seat of a man named Alexis who was being sued for paternity. It turned out he was the father. Oh. Alexis de Tocqueville was now stuck, had to pay child support. <laughs> this led to him resenting America, so he came out against it and refused to get France involved in the Iraq war. This is the story of how Freedom Fries became known as Freedom Fries. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know who Alexis de Tocqueville needs? 
The child sports superhero. Yes. Oh. And Man. speaking of Alexis, is Alexis Bledel a real childhood crush of mine? Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Gilmore Girls. So you should I- play him the. You should play him the the New York Times version of Pretty Woman by Dennis Worth. Pretty Woman. I was uh, I was an explorer back in the 1300s. I was bored having sex with kids in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> when I told my friend Zacrates Brazau, I no longer wanted to have sex with kids. Again? <laughs> he jokingly said, ha ha, really? If you don't want to fuck kids anymore, why don't you just like travel the world? <laughs> I said, sure, that's what I'll, I will do. And Zacrates scoffed. Good. More kids for me to have sex oh with. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> it's about Zacrates, not you. Yeah, right. Yeah, Zacrates, Did bro. they write about this in Nicomachean <laughs> Ethics? <laughs> so I left for Rome, but there was too many Italians, and therefore it smelt like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I traveled north to Russia, but they were all dr- very drunk and anti-LGBTQBT. <laughs> LGBTQBT. <laughs> That's written. I don't know it. It's for by train. Rasputin's big dick also made me very ashamed. <laughs> so I followed the spice trail to India. Ooh. I was in love immediately. This country was amazing. They had a dish called curry that I loved and ate a ton of. They had a way of speaking that I also loved. <laughs> I took a ride on a bus though to Mumbai and I have to admit that bus culture was really not for me. So I bought a camel and rode to China. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there was far too many Uyghur people, so I continued east, killing as many as I could along the way for the good of the people. I hopped into a, a canoe and landed on Japan. They were a very honorable people. But they didn't have the amount of used panties I had hoped. (laughs) So I threw on my swim trunks and headed to America. I misunderstood maps, though, dramatically. After making it one mile off the coast, my travels ended because I died. (laughs) Wow. Surprise ending. My travels did become somewhat legendary, though. And now adults all across the world travel from rest stop to rest stop looking for Greek glory holes. (laughs) (laughs) Silly goose. Dude, you went all across the world in that one. I know. I was really quite. I was moving. I've been an explorer uh, as well. Last year, I visited the offices of billionaire inventor and super capitalist Elon Musk at Tesla. He was looking to research my calves in order to strengthen the materials used (laughs) in his upcoming cyber truck. When his scientists were done with me, I was allowed to wander the facilities freely when I stumbled upon a time machine hidden behind a vending machine in the break room. I stepped inside and bumped the control dial and was transported back to 18th century Russia and the court of Russia's most well-known female ruler, Catherine the Great. Catherine welcomed me into her court. I told her as a traveler from the future, I'd give her many insights on how to govern the motherland. Catherine told me that in order to govern, she needed clarity. Post nut clarity. <laughs> <laughs> she took me to her bedchamber and had me make love to her. After it was over, I stated that she must have busted several times and be very clear headed. No, she said, your penis is too small. And I began to cry. Catherine had ceramic prosthetics made to slip over my penis, and I began to fuck her with history's first strap ons. Still no <laughs> luck, as she said, I was still not big enough. I told Catherine, you might be an empress in name, but in practice, you're a size queen. <laughs> I, used the, I used the time machine to bring someone else to, to Catherine's court. Out of the time machine stepped Mr. Hands. He said, I hear you like him big. Oh my God. I have a solution. 
Mr. Hands rigged up a special pulley system to Catherine's horse so the horse could have sex with her, and we left the room out of respect as they started to make love. <laughs> when Catherine walked out of that stable, she was alert and clear-eyed for the first time in years and governed spectacularly. <laughs> well, Mr. Hands, I guess it's time to go back, I said, and Mr. Hands asked me about his future. I told him that I was pretty sure letting horses fuck him was going to work out just fine, <laughs> and he cried with joy and said thank you before he returned to his own time. Wow. When I returned to my present, I found that my actions had altered the timeline. Teens played a pool game called John Paul where they threw ceramic beachos at each other. <laughs> Tesla no longer made electric cars. They made robot horses that rode you to your destination and then fucked you once you arrived. <laughs> the streets are littered with dead bodies and the strong survive with incredible post-nut clarity. And the world exists under the leadership of Russia and their leader, Prime Minister Hans. <laughs> I have a question, John Paul. Did, yes. did your, like situation invent the bank PNC Bank. PNC is a bank, post not clarity <laughs> bank. <laughs> I'm wondering if it stands for post not clarity uh, or if it's like Well when you go back and mess with the timeline, you can never know what your actions right. have, how how your actions have influenced things. That so makes it's sense. possible. Do you I think mean, it's possible before I went back in time that the Prime Minister of Russia wasn't Mr. Hands. And did she did Catherine the Great prefer the term post not clarity instead of wise man moment? Did she think wise man moment was sexist to imply that a man could ever be wise? Yes, of course. She was one of the monarchs that inspired them to change the chess piece from uh, from an, from a regent to a to a queen. Is she? I get, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but people people started rumor that she uh, died after having sex with a horse. No, they did not. Yeah, Catherine the Great. You ever heard that? No, no. that's true. That was rooted in that actual was rooted history. in real history. Wait, I thought Mr. Hands was not the first guy <laughs> to die having sex. No, apparently he was the Cat first famous guy to die from it. Catherine, Catherine the Great. He broke a gender barrier. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine the Great got fucked by a horse? That's the rumor. That's Who started the rumor? The Greeks. <laughs> Wait, so the size queen thing is a real thing? She was a size queen. I mean, th it's probably not true that she fucked, fucked a horse, but... I mean, that's the, this is a real historical. Did she rumor. say it? Do you think she started it, like to show her power? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was the original feminist. Like they shouldn't say, "Oh, the horse penetrated." If her. you had to fuck she one animal, what would you fuck? Oh my god, that's crazy! I won't even entertain that. Okay, I'll yeah, answer, it. answer uh, it. Pig, pig, because I like uh, I like breaking. I like because uh, it's black close hair. enough to Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a pig, like a cute one. Um, I'll do Homo sapiens sapiens. What does that Ooh, mean? I mean, humans, humans. We're all animals. I mean, humans. Oh, wow. Lame yeah. What animal would you have sex it's with? A pretty, gay, <laughs> pretty gay animal. I'd have sex with a gorilla, probably. Is that why you work the Dude, Petco? a gorilla can mess you up too much. That's why I like it. Oh. A little bit of fear on me. Be like one of Weinstein's gals. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what if the gorilla paid you 26 million bananas? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with these? You could probably make some money, though, on 26 million of them. Oh, of well, course. you could make that Art Basil piece, 150,000. <laughs> Depends on how much duct tape he gives you. <laughs> yeah. Marco Polo follows the the adventures. Uh, did you give us a broad, give us a broad show? No, right dude, down. I, like, can't. I okay. was like, it was confusing. It. I nodded off at one point. Okay, I'll do it. Marco, Very briefly. Marco Polo follows the adventures of the famous Italian explorer, and it specifically focuses on his time in the court of the great Khans, the Mongol 
uh, step riding, uh, warlike, dominant, incredibly fearsome people. Dan Carlin wrote had like a twenty hour podcast on Genghis Khan. It's super really? interesting. Yes, I love the circular homes. Yeah, I love their cool. homes. The yurts. Yeah, I love calling them Genghis. My whole life, I called them Genghis. Apparently, it's Genghis. Yeah, yeah, I know. That really threw me off. It's kind of like a Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster thing. Yeah. I guess it's Genghis, but I'm never going to like, correct anybody and be like, oh, uh, it's not Genghis. Like, it's Genghis. It's yeah. such a dorky thing to do. Uh, but the G- Genghis, Genghis Khan. Everybody's Khan, though. That threw me off, too. They kept talking. I believe the everybody's mister. If you came to America, everybody's mister. So is Khan mister? I believe Khan is a title. Oh, So damn. Khan... Caitlyn Jenner is no longer Khan. <laughs> sure. Marco Polo. Does that is, make any sense or no? <laughs> no. Marco Polo is present at a big time power struggle between Kublai Khan and yeah. Kudai. I like Kublai Khan. So to give, they phenotypically look very different. Kublai Khan is chubbier. He's a big he's fa- fat. He's a, he's a fat man. Yes, a and funny he appears. He appears more Central Asian phenotypically. His features. Yeah. The uh, Kudai appears more East Asian. Mm-hmm. He's thinner. He's leaner. He's, he's tanner. He got long, beautiful hair. Yeah, he's, he's a handsome definitely dude. more in modern times. He'd be considered handsome, but maybe back then people liked a fat yeah. man with weird hair. People still I like hope fat so. man. I yeah. hope fat man with weird hair comes back. You well, know? we'll have to see on the TLC show Hot and Heavy. <laughs> You're really pushing that about mixed weight. Relationships. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, so yeah, they're uh, Kudai and Kublai Khan. They have come together, and basically, a bunch of other leaders are going to vote. They're going to vote who will be the Khan of Khans, who will lead the Mongolian people in the future. Yeah, were these people related to Gang Gangas? I I don't I don't Gang know us. I don't know. <laughs> I believe Kublai Khan is a direct descendant. Right. But obviously, when they have this big meeting, they clearly all revere Genghis Khan. Oh, a so there is awesome. one excellent scene. They're basically having a debate, and they go back off. and forth. Yeah, trading, Cheng, as the great Genghis said, and then they, they say one thing, and then the other guy kind of says the opposite with something Genghis also I believe Kublai Khan plays a sober Illuminati guy in the show. Oh, yeah? Yes, in this episode, because at one point he says, as, in the, the quote off, Genghis Khan says, as the great Genghis says, a man who does not sip the drink will lead my armies. Oh, you know yeah. what? And that gets a big. <laughs> you know what's scary about <laughs> that? The and then, well, then at the end, when he tries to get the other guy to drink the poison wine, he offers to drink with him, and that's one of the tells is that the guy knows that something's off about the wine because the guy wouldn't have drank if it was wouldn't have drank if it was normal. You know what's scary about that in Mongolia in that right. time? Right. No parking lots. So <laughs> <laughs> where is your so disease? he doesn't know where his disease is. <laughs> where is this disease working out? It oh my could god. Be it's anywhere. in a yurt, probably. Right. <laughs> it's doing push-ups on the steps. We don't know where the disease is. <laughs> that was a fun thing though. It was like all the Mongolians, they they all whenever Genghis' <laughs> name comes up, they go, they like they Put their hands to the air and they go. They wave them like they just don't care. They fucking <laughs> love Genghis. That's what. That's what the big. That's a pretty big storyline in the show, dude. It's crazy. It seems like Mongolia really had its shit together for some time. I mean, they the Great Wall of China was created because the Mongols were such Do a huge you, problem. Really? Yeah, the Mongolian people. 
I mean, it's this is like Dan Carlin covers it in this super long podcast, but the way they like would fight, like no one had ever seen it before, and no one knew how to deal with it. They would be on horse they would they were horseback archers. And so and they, they would, would just pick you off from like miles away. And they could even like pick you off, like you could like fight them. You could they could be retreating on horseback and they could still be like riding this way, facing the other way on their horse, still just like nailing people with arrows, just because they're amazing archers and yeah, they grow and, up and good horse riders. Yeah, they grow up their entire lives <laughs> like Catherine the Great. <laughs> <laughs> they grow up their entire lives like riding horses and shooting arrows. So they're amazing at those two things. And that allows them to be like incredibly uh, effective at this time in, in uh, I bet the steps of Asia are really cool. Yeah. Do you yeah. think I think they're still very hard what to are visit. They? Mongolia, Kazakhstan, uh, Uzbekistan. My ex girlfriend went to Mongolia. She said it was great. Yeah. I think it's hard to visit though. It's not necessarily a place that a ton of Westerners go. Yeah, you know? I mean she would like it wasn't like she was staying in hotels and stuff. She was like staying there's still a bunch of them are still nomadic and still move. They their still year. live in these kind of places. Yeah. Yurts. Yeah. Do you think that Weinstein wanted to do a show about Genghis Khan because it's kind of he's kind of a a he big did dog spread in the raid. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting. Gang Genghis Khan was a huge was probably history's most successful rapist. <laughs> well, I'd see the close second. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he sired any children. Oh. Some of those, you know, who would be a close second is some of these sperm. Donor doctors who were sneaking in their own <laughs> semen. What? Yeah, oh, that's, that's crazy. Huge People thing. are doing that. Oh, dude, it's been a huge thing that they like. There are doctors who ended up with like hundreds of descendants because they would just oh, put their own seed in. That's really? so fucked up. Because they would save more money to just let them let them splat it out right there instead of like actually cryogenically freezing all these strangers' sperm. They would just bust it out into the petri dish. I don't know if that's exactly how it went. <laughs> yeah, they would actually go, uh, they'd be getting ready to insert it, and the doctor would be like, just give me a second. <laughs> just give one second, one second. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's yeah, but Genghis, Genghis is famous. So for, like, there's like 1% of the population is a descendant from like Genghis Khan. Isn't that something? I've heard that statistic. I've heard that me, on Snapple let just, facts. Let me just Google that now and see what it comes up as. So we previously talked about this though a few weeks ago how Ama Mayflower descended along with like three million other. Yeah, employees. all it takes is like three hundred. All it takes is time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But also with with Jen- with Genghis Khan though he also you know he was a powerful he was man fucking so many women you know it's and I bet you you know a lot of them were definitely powerless to Genghis but I bet you a lot of them were also just turned off overcome by, by his power yeah, he's a very cool guy I mean when you watch this show it's clear that he's insanely revered yeah I mean that, that that debate they only speak in Genghis Khan quotes kind of like a Ronald Reagan type figure to modern day Republicans you think yeah who's closest to him it says one everyone's competing one exactly this article from Discover Magazine from 2010 says one in 200 men are direct descendants of Geng- Genghis Khan. That's that's, a, that's, that's a, a lot of people. That might be the guy. He might have fucked the most people of all time. Or just, or just had the most, has the greatest lineage. He might have just have great spirit. One of us, it's not likely, but one of us could be a direct descendant of Genghis Khan. It would probably be you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's more likely. You kind of have a more Asian. Look I think than I have more. Li- I look more like a Kublai Khan. <laughs> <laughs> a little poorly, dude. The Kublai Khan is great. I love Kublai Khan in this because 
Kublai Khan, you should hate him, right? He's like this kind of fat guy who, like, he's a fat fat cat too. He's like, hey, we should do everything by the books and the politics. And then um, he makes this hot dude look bad on stage. He wins the. the I did like that. Fight. I was like, dude. and then. Dude, he, he goes through some serious adversity and he stands with his woman. He stands with his woman that's and then big. he tries to kill the man that's trying to take down his woman. It's kind of great, dude. I, I I didn't hate this show, actually. Yeah. And you can tell they spend a lot because like, the scenery is amazing. Can I say one thing I didn't like about this show? What? Where the hell is Marco Polo in this episode? <laughs> I don't know. Marco Polo is not a focus on the episode no. really at all. His main thing is that I believe... He might have fathered a child. He did with with Kublai Khan's daughter. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, that, the blue princess. Is that the thing that they were going to bring up that was going to ruin the no, Kublai Khan that family? No. That was that the thing that we're, we'll get to that in a minute. The secret in a minute. But what the what that was was that Kublai's wife was unfaithful. Oh shit! That's what that was. Who was Kublai's wife unfaithful? With? Uh, she basically he asked her and he's she's like nobody. Just it doesn't matter. Who was it though? Probably Chengis. Oh. Uh, you think so? Maybe. I don't know. Was it, wait, Chengis was his dad though. If I don't even know if that's true. I don't think Chengis was his dad. It Chengis, been- you're right. Chengis was his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's your daddy's boyfriend. <laughs> Let me look up if Kuba. I should have done this before. No, that's fine. If he was a direct descendant. I, I didn't really understand who was who, to be honest. And that's not an Asian thing. That was just like, there was we, a lot of there characters. There was a lot of characters, and we got thrown in a lot. Right. Uh, apparently, Kublai is a grandson of Genghis Khan. So it's unlikely that his wife <laughs> fucked Genghis. And the Ronan Farrow, Frank Sinatra thing. That would be a big age difference. Wait, what was uh, that? Some people say Frank Sinatra is Ronan Farrow's father. Who's Ronan Farrow? Ronan Farrow is the journalist who broke much of the Me Too stories, particularly the Matt Lauer story and a few others. Damn. Dude, she was the one who tattled about the button. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I don't the believe button the button. Uh, I Why not? It seems really wild to have a button in your room. <laughs> I think he had a button. I think Roger Ailes kind of had a button, too. Right. It was, yeah. I think he had a button and that he had a a button that he would also want his victims to press, and that was the button on his prostate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we stand with victims, even though this podcast might have made you think we don't. <laughs> no, we definitely do. Um, so, Although maybe we should have boycotted Marco Polo for being a Weinstein project. You know what? We won't do another Weinstein show after this one. Uh, I don't want to make that promise. Yeah, because he might have had his... Fingers in a lot of buckets. <laughs> He's had his fingers in a lot of places. That's for sure. Hey! <laughs> All uh, right. Uh, what's the... So, go- yeah, Marco... Well, I got, well, we got more stuff. Yeah, we got plenty. Uh, there's also the storyline of the Middle Eastern regent, the regent who is assumed power of the Khan. This guy's an absolute dickhead. Not a good actor. No fun. He is holding the capital city hostage, and a group of... Uh, Young freedom fighters are trying to get in there and stop him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he appoints a leader, right? He appoint yeah, he appoints a like a general to be like a, you know some big title guy, right? And he gets they they end up getting their ass whipped pretty quickly. I Two did, guys break in and end it all for him. Yeah, but I did think the fight scene with them was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't. But the show is not bad. I'm surprised it flopped as bad as as bad as it did. Well, do you Zach think already Zach already decided it wasn't a flop? Right, he's decided by my definition. It's not a. <laughs> Do you think Bob Kraft would like this show? Um, because of the Thai massage. 
No, I'm thinking more because he has a son, Jonathan, who might want to take over the family business, which is direct descendant. And then he has a situation where he did a hostile takeover of his father-in-law's company. So it's that relationship of blood. A lot of people do think it was a hostile takeover. What do you mean? That he pushed out Myra's dad. He did. Hostile takeover is like a technical business term. Really? Robert, yeah, Robert. Hostile takeover is what Bobby Axelrod does, where you get enough from support billions. from the board. You get enough support from the board, and then you have them vote your will and oust the guy who's the CEO. Yeah, yeah. he literally did that to. Why Mirna's did he father. do that to Mirna's? And sometimes dad. you can do it by just buying fifty-one percent yeah. of the shares. Oh, that's scary. He just wanted to. What, how is it scary? You're, you don't own any stock. <laughs> Well, I own 33% and a half of this pod. Oh. Yeah, that's true. So if John Paul and I <laughs> bought you out. What if you guys tried to do that? You would have to agree. Well, you, you, we couldn't dupe you. You, you. you could. What if you guys got rid of me? What if we sue? Like, do I have to get my lawyers involved to write up a contract for this pod? You I need would, to guys, guys, we have about $400 in the Patreon. <laughs> should, we, should we maybe write up a contract? It's getting serious. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting I mean, real. You guys each owe me a dollar for the jelly roll. So let's <laughs> get that. <laughs> we'll get that out of the way. Uh, I will say all this information is saved on my computer. So Ooh. that's that makes me more of a 35% stakeholder. <laughs> that could be true. I got the jelly roll. <laughs> you got I, jelly rolls, brother. Oh. Let's force Jack out. <laughs> He Jack, made fun you're of my God. weight. You're God. He made fun of my weight. <laughs> Wait, let's have a Genghis Khan off. Oh, okay. <laughs> we could is do it, the has share it not, by... Has it not been said on series finale, though? <laughs> <laughs> has it not been said that Omar Mateen is a great hero by Jack? Jack said that. <laughs> Jack did say Omar Mateen is a great hero. I did not say that. <laughs> Jack That's how we that. do it. As, I, as, I, as Jack says on series finale, I disavowed that <laughs> after saying that. As Jack says... <laughs> Cesar Sayoc <laughs> also should account if the bombs didn't go off. <laughs> As Zach says, Dan, those are hot feet. Can I jerk off on them? I did not say that. That's oh, fake, dude. that's no, that's as you said. <laughs> As Zach says, uh, just making one comment about Zach loving feet is not bullying. <laughs> it's an instance of single harassment. <laughs> All righty. Um, Marco Polo, yeah, he really has nothing to do with it. There's one, there's a postpartum depression thing that's really rampant throughout this episode. Oh, can we talk about the pool game, Marco Polo? And Jack, you and I have reflected on our time in a boat oh. down the pool. <laughs> Ooh, kind of white the, trash. The joys <laughs> of whirlpool in yes. an above ground pool. I love a whirlpool. How do you feel about Marco Polo? I don't feel like it's a game that has any legs. You play it once in the first time, it's kind of fun. Marco Polo stinks, but it's Not good with good. young kids. Kids like it. Dude, you know? like it. it seems so dangerous. Because people always want to get out of the pool. The person, I mean, you're blind. You've got no. You, you know what it is, though? A great way to abandon your children, right? Yeah. You teach them the game, Marco, right. and then you're further and further away. Polo! That would actually. Polo! And then, then your next thing you know, you're getting Newport cigarettes and you're never coming back. <laughs> That'd be the hilarious way to do like the new, the, a new modern twist on the cigarettes. My dad, my dad went out during Marco Polo and never <laughs> yeah, came back. Yeah, yeah. No. And I, then one day, it's been 30 years and you finally make recontact. Yeah, you, you walk you, in the but, door. You Marco Polo, <laughs> <laughs> and you just start both start crying. <laughs> That's great, dude. We just wrote a beautiful little story. 
Dude, you know what's funny? I was just thinking about it. I just got reminded this weekend of a friend who had a, a above ground pool. This kid, Chris Brand, I did salvia with him, and then we would hang out at his pool. What did you see on your salvia trips? Um, do you see like the knife edge of the universe or whatever they say? I mean, I just saw buildings popping out of the, the ground. That it was pretty wild. dope as hell. Yeah, it was cool. But I, this kid was great, dude. We used to play like video games. He was a big nerd, so I'd get nervous that people would know I hung out with him. But How did um, you find out about him? Where did you meet him? You know where we, where we met? In Wide a, stance uh, in here. <laughs> <laughs> we met in a, a, like an after-school math class because we were both like failing. Oh, he was a, a not intelligent nerd. <laughs> One of the originals. Yes. There's two types. There's well, he, he, no, he was just an I didn't try hard nerd because both his parents were Holy Cross um, professors. What he, was he, he thinking? He was kind of like a geek, I guess. Did he ever come it. around and get smart? Was, was he a wealthy Steve? science guy? Uh, I don't... He's doing well. He, I think he actually... Do, I think he did become like a scientist. I think he's he tests animals like down in Florida. Really? Yeah, they do some bad stuff to those animals. <laughs> yeah, he might actually win this body. So he can't quarterback for the NFL. He was a funny kid, dude. And I remember one time I borrowed his book in eighth grade. We were all... And I had like lost mine. And I borrowed his book. And then I lost his book. And he got screamed. That by the teacher for not having his book. Did and he then he was like, up? dude, like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you give me back the book? And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have it anymore. And he just got screamed at by the Mr. Kerrigan. What happened to the book? <laughs> dude, was it was it <laughs> no. Mike was it Mike Kerrigan, a New York comedian? <laughs> dude, he looked just like him, actually. <laughs> he was like, dude, Mike you gotta bring, yeah. you gotta bring the book in. Yeah, dude, it was I felt really bad about that. But I, I felt like at the same time, like Nobody will ever know that like we're friends, so it won't matter anyways. Like nobody will believe that I'm hanging out with this kid. Okay, so he was like kind of like, like you're <laughs> gaslighting him. It's like your dirty little secret, Jack. Yeah. You gave me the book. I never, I never took yeah. the book, dude. We were never friends, so how would I have given you the book? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a good kid. I feel bad that I was, I, I got popular. Is he the one on. that just stuck up that convenience store? <laughs> no. Did he do your dreads? He did not. I did not have my dreads yet. I was in seventh or eighth grade. Eighth grade. It must be. Pre-dreads. Pre-dreads. So lame. Bring yeah. the dreads back, dog. I'm Bring trying. the dreads back for the wedding. I'm trying. Uh, for, you know, for Kublacon. I'm going <laughs> to do it for Ja. I do it. I do it for Genghis. These dreads are for Genghis Khan. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Mark, the postpartum depression thing was like, really, I thought interesting. There was one woman who gave birth that was like, I really don't want to have children. The blue princess. Yeah. yeah. She's, and then she drowns herself. That's true. Is that what she well, did? Not, Dude, really I would say herself. her mother drowns her, but she asked for it, but her mother holds the head. Let's talk about this in a second. First of all, uh, Kublai and Kudai, they have their big, uh, they have their big, you know, they have their the, big Genghis yeah. Khan quote off. And it's clear <laughs> that Kublai is the winner. And it seems like that Kublai will be voted the Khan of Khans. And when they ask him what's going to happen to Kudai when you're voted Khan of Khans, Kublai says, I'll have them killed and buried them, bury them. I'll have him and his whole family killed. Which is so rude. And bury them right here. Right in front of them. Yeah. So Kudai gets a little leg up and he summons Kublai to his yurt to talk about something that has come to his attention. Something that has come <laughs> to his attention. The story of Borte was a favorite. The first wife and first mother of Khans. How she married Temujin, the man who would one day reign as Chinggis Khan. How she was abducted by the three Murgits in the middle of the night. How she watched as her husband appeared to abandon her as he fled into the woods. How that husband Hunted her down, 
fought for her freedom, and slaughtered to win her back. Eight months later. Eight months. And she returned to Temujin's house, pregnant, with their first child. Is the point of these stories to put me to sleep? The whispers began. Whispers that not even the mighty Chinggis could silence. Whispers that the child could not possibly be their own. Whispers that would destroy that boy's chances of rising to the throne in his own right. For all the blood spilling, all the backstabbing, all the deal making. Whispers can subvert it all. My daughter received this dispatch from your vice regent concerning Princess Kokichin and your heirs to the house of Tului. Should I read it to you? Better I let the Empress explain it to you. You have until the sound of the horn for the start of the vote. If the people of Mongolia have not received your abdication of the throne, I will walk into the pavilion and whisper it for all to hear. What fucking madness has infected your head? You can protect your throne. Or you can protect your family. You know what that quote reminds me of at the end? You can pick your friends. You can pick your nose. <laughs> But you can't pick your friend's nose. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? That's like an old American saying. Yeah, it's from the uh, it's from the old west. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Kudai he gets he gets this information right that Kublai's wife that his daughter is not he's a cuck he he's cuck he's cucklycon cucklycon. <laughs> <laughs> he's wait. <laughs> Kublai cuck. Kublai's wife fucked somebody else. Yeah, and that he she he is not the father of his daughter. That's you so are up. not the father. <laughs> Why did she do that to Kublai? It would be hilarious if Kublai started dancing around. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Kublai do that? Or why did Kublai's wife do that? Because she, she he wasn't giving her a son. He's he must be shooting blanks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. So she gets knocked up by somebody else, has a daughter. And then goes and kills her. Well, yes, that's true. Uh, Kublai freaks out when he hears this information. They go back to his his yurt, and Kublai (laughs) flips out on his wife, right? I thought he handled it pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, well, he flips out for a second, but then when she starts crying, he fucking beady eyes. He's ready. No, he's he's ready to (laughs) kill whoever did it to her. He, no, he's ready to he's ready to kill the man that has this information so that he can move yeah. on with his life. <laughs> he's not ready to kill the guy that fucked his wife. Then that would end the kink for him. <laughs> I thought it was unclear if his wife was into if it was a consensual situation. I think it was. Well, it's a Weinstein show, so probably not. Right, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when she starts crying, he's like, he's he's telling her she's ruined their lives. Everything's fucked up. She starts crying and he's like, oh, stop crying. I'm sorry. Yeah, he felt bad about it for sure. Yeah. And so uh, they just put together a plan. They realize that really only there's only a few people that know about this. It's like Marco Polo. Why does Marco Polo know? 
Because everybody trusts a white man. <laughs> Marco Polo knows, Kudai knows, and their daughter knows. How does Kudai know? <coughs> he might have been the guy. Kudai, what? Kudai is the guy who just was saying that. Speech. How does Kudai know, though? He got a he got a message from somebody. Do you think Marco yeah, Polo? He, it must have been from Marco Polo, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it was from his dad who was out to get cigarettes. Your daddy's <laughs> boyfriend? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know who the but hell it was. A very small amount of people realize that this is going on. And so they come together with a quick little plan. What if they just kill everybody who knows? Yeah. And that's what they attempt. Do we have a clip for this? No. Uh, I don't have a clip. Wait, what? No, I don't have a clip for that. I, my other clip is the death of, of the vice of the region. Oh, yeah. That was fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So then they go, they kill the daughter. Yes, she sort of does it to herself. Though she walks out there and's like, yeah. hey, "Why? Why did she do that?" She was just super depressed because yeah. she had a kid. She was bummed out. Yeah, I mean, she got a tweet. It didn't have a lot of likes or retweets. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's so. I mean, it's like get postpartum depression. Like, just get over it. I've never had it, so I don't see what the big deal. Is. <laughs> I was born. I didn't have it. You know, yeah, right? It's a big deal. I think that uh, you know what's a funny part in this show is like. Marco Polo cuts a hole in the side of the yurt that has the princess in it and just sneaks in that way. <laughs> yes. And just leave like, wow, they're doing a really bad job of uh, protecting <laughs> this lady. I thought they were, he was, when I saw that cut, that someone was going to have taken a baby, maybe switched out a baby. I, either it, way, it's like, damn, this is super easy. <laughs> all right. What do you think they plan to happen in the next season? Because they didn't really plan for this to be canceled. Did That's they? true. No, they actually, I've been reading the Wikipedia article for the show. And then I have a cool news segment after this. We read the Wikipedia article for the show. They had planned to do a, a whole season with a, a with a Christian uh, antagonist. No. Pastor John. Yeah. Or Wait, so, <laughs> so I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Wait, what are you talking about? A Christian antagonist. In the first season, were they in Mongolia or is it uh, every season was a new country? No, it was going to be a group of Christians in Mongolia fighting against the Mongolians. Like that's the last shot of the show is they come back to like the, you know, the village, or whatever. It's empty. Everyone's gone. And there's a fucking cross. That's the last thing you see. A cross with blood on it. The blood of Christ. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So what do you think happened? This is my new segment. We've seen the finale. What do you think happened in the pilot? If you had to guess, what was the pilot of Marco Polo? Oh, it's got to be Marco Polo, like, arriving to, like, Mongolian court and, like, meeting yeah. Kublai Khan. Probably Prob- meeting Genghis, probably, and being like, damn, this guy gets so much pussy. That's no, sick. I bet they're suspicious of him first, so he kills someone to show his loyalty. Uh, and like he's he, like a mob thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he probably yeah. kills, like, a Han Chinese man. And then they're <laughs> like random Han. No, uh, yeah, like a Han Chinese just walking through Mongolia and Marco Polo shanks him. Well, my, he maybe he ran into em, enemy territory. Maybe a Uyghur called him up instead of being <laughs> harassed by the Han Chinese. <laughs> and so he came in there and he killed a guy. And then Kublai said thank you. And then then Marco had a little tryst with his wife. <laughs> And they were in bed for a while, and things got a little crazy. And his wife said, you're wonderful. Will you meet my daughter? And then he had a tryst with the daughter. Damn. And now he's got a situation because he's got a son and a son, and one of the sons is the uncle of his other son. (laughs) And so he's all messed up. These shows are confusing. Wow. And he's like, well, if one of my sons is an uncle to my other son... (laughs) 
does that mean that the uncle has to get the nephew a present, you know? Right. And then, so it's like, well, that doesn't sound right. And does that mean, and then Mark goes like, so does that a, mean I don't have to get a present for the guy so who's you the think, uncle? Do you think the first episode of Marco Polo was very Curb Your enthusiasm I, I think the first episode, Mark, Marco goes to a local bar, and the guy's like, well, Uyghur Muslims don't drink alcohol. And he says, well, can you give me, like, maybe a yoo chocolate milk? And he sits there, and he's telling him his problems. And it's a bartender like Sam Malone, but it's Sam Malone played by Bill Cosby. They wanted to do it originally because Harvey Weinstein wanted to give Bill Cosby, like, a little kickback. Oh, interesting. Wow. Mike Tyson's in the bar as well. Hey, what's up, man? How we doing? Hey, wel- hey welcome to Weinstein's. Please take a seat, Mike Tyson. Your your clientele always Who, welcome at Who's Weinstein's. this Italian looking motherfucker? This hey, I just, I cook. I'm the cook of this place, Mario Batali. That's to me. Uh, <laughs> it's to me, Mario Batali. Maybe you know, Mario maybe that's some of our clientele. Here's Mr. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, I love Michael. Hey. How you doing, guys? Good to be here. Hey, I'm 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 talking to the man in the mirror. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, excuse me. I'm Matt Lauer. You left the door open. Let me take care of that. Click. <laughs> The door is shut and locked now. I love this place. It's got all the coolest things. Hey, Michael Jackson, have you ever been to Toby Keith? I love this bar. It's really fun place. The food is there. It's garbage. I cook the best spaghetti in all of America. Mr. Batali, yes. my spaghetti has some weird substance in it. Oh, that's my uh, sleepy pasta sauce. <laughs> hey, Mommy, you ever think of this? When spaghetti is not cooked, it's hard, and then it gets wet, and then it, you can't you eat it. And that's kind of like that's kind of like my spaghetti. What did I, what did I I'm Dustin Hoffman. What did I say again that was weird? Oh, you said something about I, I got some soft boiled quit served <laughs> for you, sir. <laughs> Is that what I said? I forget what I said. Hey, hey, Will, you think you're ever gonna come up with another special? Oh, uh, so I'm in there and I'm like really going crazy <laughs> for my new special. Oh <laughs> my god, Louie, that is just horrific. As Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I find your actions to be disgraceful to the black community. Morgan, didn't you fuck your daughter? <laughs> no, I fucked Montana Fishburne. Hey, she Morgan, was a friend's daughter. Morgan, can, I, can I ask you a question real quick? So they always say black don't crack, but you a very famous black man and you cracked. Hey, <laughs> Mr. Tyson. Those are fucking fighting words. Well, probably cracked. Those are fi- put your dukes up, Tyson. He probably cracked because of all the weight of the allegations on him. Hey, <laughs> you got allegations. We all got allegations. <laughs> this is Weinstein's. <laughs> we all got. We do all have hey, allegations. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me open the door. Click. Hey, it's me, OJ Simpson. <laughs> You don't have the right type of allegations. You don't Get belong out of here, here, Simpson. Get out of here. We don't accept your kind. Hey, now what about me? I'm thinking it's the remix to Ignition. <laughs> 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 I'm body. Mr. You Kelly, we got your booth right. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> you can only come in a wide stage if you can read the menu. <laughs> oh, man. That's freaking brutal. You have to be able to read. Uh, <laughs> you heard it, Mr. Mayweather. Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> Okay, that was actually funny. Yeah. 
All righty, let's do a uh, Deepak Chopra ro- move. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a Deepak Chopra move. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, they, they're unsuccessful in their attempts to kill. Kudai tries to poison. Uh, Kublai Khan tries to poison Kudai. Yes. Kudai figures it out. He pours out the wine. So Kublai just tries to do it the old-fashioned way to choke him to death, but he's a big, fat, gross guy. <laughs> so Kudai gets on top of him, and Kudai is going to choke and kill him. But Marco Polo saves the day. Saves the day. He stabs uh, Kudai, and uh, they escape together. And he warns Kublai about the uh, oncoming Christian hordes. Yes. Uh, they liberate the people from the vice region, and Kublai's wife drowned, helps drown her daughter. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Oh, a broad strokes breakdown of the end is a pretty interesting <laughs> little idea. Um, yeah. So what are we at? Deepak Chopra. Oh, we're time. in deep. We're like an hour. For real? Yeah. yeah. 56 minutes. Wow. Let's do Deepak. Deepak, I want to say one more critical thing. (laughs) I was not impressed with the location scout. There's there's like, it's very vast, but I could tell they didn't film it in a lot of different areas. And I think this is definitely just Nevada. I'm unimpressed. You are incorrect. I looked into the... It's in Mongolia. I looked into the Wikipedia article. It's not in Mongolia, but it's, they they shot over across several, it's not just like Nevada. They shot across the world. I think it's like, it's like Turkey or something. All right. Way too expensive. They shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That's why it cost $200 million. That's why it was... Uh, this show cost $200 million? The toll this show cost... This show lost them $200 million. I think it Dude, cost probably more. That's a blockbuster movie. It's yeah. crazy. I think the it was when it was when it was produced it was the second most expensive TV production of all time behind Game of Thrones. GOT. Yeah. They they tried to pin pin this up against Game of Thrones. They, want, they probably wanted this to be their Game of Thrones. Do you think they thought it might connect with Asian cultures? They might have and gotten new subscribers. They yeah. won several awards in Mongolia for Mongolian representation. Yeah. I, I mean, think that Who had, were they going up against? <laughs> Had this taken Game of Thrones Mon- on head to head, Mongolia plane, <laughs> they they could have put a put a knife through HBO. They could have killed HBO. Right. Well, what they needed was Matt Roloff on horseback, <laughs> <laughs> on ponyback. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are those little horses called? Ponies, donkeys, mules, little horses, Pony? mini horse. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. All right. So Deepak Chopra. Mini- it. Oh yeah, Deepak Chopra. Uh, I did. I appreciate. This is the most Asian show I've ever watched in my life, so I appreciated that in itself. That's very nice. Okay, you liked it because it was Asian. No, no, I liked it because it was a style. It is was that a, why you like Andrew Yang? Is that why you feel that? No, I like Andrew Yang because of his policies on women, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I like. Have you ever seeked out Asian pornography specifically? I, I have not, and I won't. And. But I did like the show, Marco Polo. It's an interesting part of history I know nothing about, and I was into it. Okay. My my Deepak uh, Chopra moment was the... uh, (laughs) That's bizarre. (laughs) My Deepak Chopra moment, I'm going to go with uh, definitely seeing some... uh, It's good to see Mongolian representation. Better to see fat representation. (laughs) Great to see a big fat guy who is like... Who's like the winner. Who's like the best guy. That was cool. And who's nice to his wife. Yeah, my Deepak Chopra moment was him overcoming jealousy to have a nice relationship. It's kind of one of the original Paulie relationships. I know, and it works well for you because you are a huge cock, right? Dude, famously. I can't believe you just brought up Paulie and his mom. That's like one of the saddest couple episodes ever. I didn't bring up Paulie and his mom. 
Oh, isn't that what you were talking about? No, jealousy. Polyamory. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about Polly and his mom when he From finds the out Sopranos? his mom. Polly Walnuts. Yeah, Polly Walnuts is not his mom. Is not his mom. Oh, that scene got me so it upset. Did. That's hilarious. That's that's what you thought. He calls his mom a hua. <laughs> yeah, and he throws her TV out the window. But then it all works out. He puts it aside like a good man, and uh, even though he's a horrible person, <laughs> but nonetheless, I love that part. Polly, <laughs> I right, should we do a role play? I yes. Mean, okay, we, we kind of did one already. We didn't do characters from the oh, show. Oh, that's true. Right. That's true. Um, I, I want to be a Clydesdale horse. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I'll be I'll be cool, my con. I'll be uh, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Coco Jin. Are you sure you don't want to be a motorcycle? No, I'm a Clyde. I'll be Coco. I'm a Clyde I'll be still horse. I'll be Coco Jin, struck him with postpartum depression after uh-huh. my birth. Oh, as Genghis says. A woman should not be upset by having a child. No. I don't know, Dad. I'm just so <laughs> depressed since I had those babies. Do you mm. think I would feel better if um, I drowned them? <laughs> uh, as Genghis says... Hey, your horse is real loud. <laughs> I know. I think you get the horse to shut the fuck up. He's, he's why very animated. I don't know. Why do we have the horse in the yard anyway? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The yard is not big enough for this. I'll walk him outside. <laughs> oh, my God, Dad. The horse is being inappropriate. The horse is being inappropriate. I'm depressed right now. And I, I don't need to be seeing this. I don't need to be seeing this. Does the horse have an erection? <laughs> <laughs> the horse has a big heart on, Dad. And I'm, I just went. I just, I just gave birth. <laughs> This is I know. Well, you know, do you think you're big enough to maybe take that? Excuse heart? me, Dad. <laughs> it's hard. Why would you ask that? I'm just curious. I've never seen such a wonder. It would be Nay. the eighth wonder of the world. Dad, that is horrifically disgusting. <laughs> that I would you would want a horse hey. to have sex with. <laughs> 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 I'm walking this horse outside. Okay, no, no, in, no. Here. Let the horse <laughs> stay. Let, <laughs> the, let the horse stay. <laughs> Why is someone screaming? <laughs> I don't know what this this horse. It must be possessed by some kind of demon. I think we need to put it down. I think we need to kill the horse. Okay, I'll get a knife. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. What? Before we kill the horse, what if we make the horse fight another horse to the death? That's a great idea. And that way we get something out of it. Okay, let's do it. Let's bring him out. You know what? Actually, I'll just suck it off. Oh, here's another horse. <laughs> Someone's someone could just cut a hole in the side of the yurt, please. Hey, what the fuck? What are you still got doing? Did one of you still not hurt this horse? Huh? Uh, I'm the king of North Jersey, okay? <laughs> and I got a real thing for horses. Wow, sir. I gotta say, you're a very fat man, like my dad. But I, I'm kind of attracted. It's called to you. top beef, okay? I, I'm kind of attracted. You should to you. know about some of that Kobe beef stuff. <laughs> I'm Mongolian actually, so it's not the yeah, same thing. Mongolian at all. Japanese is all the same. It's not the same thing. No, sir. it's the same. You ever seen sumo? Um listen, do you want to have sex with me? Yeah, well, you know, you can't say it like that. Oh, Tony. It's kind of one of those things. My I'd uncle, love it. My if- uncle Junior, he gets wind of this, you know. <laughs> you can't talk about it. We We're just- in Mongolia. Your wife your, your wife's <laughs> never gonna find out. All right, well listen, do you have any urinals around here? <laughs> yeah, I got one right here. All right, I'm going to go to your and you come next to me, do a wide stance. I'll know what you mean. Okay, got it. I got it, Tony. Sure thing, Tony. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, what do you give the show? I give the show a seven. Uh, and thoroughly and thoroughly fine. Yeah, six. Um, it was it was not bad. It was fine. Eh, two.